and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast ahead of the weekend. All ITV races on Saturday are going to come under the microscope with myself, Kevin Blake, Dan Barber and TC. The usual thing, we've got racing from York, Sandown and one from Chester to take as well. Weather is absolutely glorious, but let's do a weather check-in because what can we expect ground-wise? Tony Calvin, how much water are they putting down across the country? Didn't even look. I just assume it was good to firm. Okay, well that's safe to assume. I think fair enough. So we don't even have a weather update today, which means we can kick straight on with York, and we will start with the two o'clock at York. That's the first race that ITV Racing is showing. It's the one mile four furlong handicap, and it's for the female amateur riders. And Kihava is your four to one favourite with T- Jody Townend on board for Adrian and Paul Keatley, four to one at the top of the market. Um, on the three timing timer bid, Dan, obviously off the back of the hurdles run latest, but York run before that on a roll. What stops Kihava at this point now? Uh- I don't think anything will stop him from running well, but maybe a five-pound rise might be enough to stop him from winning. He was off 79 when he won that York handicap last season, off low 80s when he won it again this time around. I was at Raisin the other week when he won as well, and he powered through that race, won despite probably the trip being about as far as he wants to go. So he's in rude health. The jockey booking can't help but take your eye out, can it? Jody's coming over to ride him. It's a prestigious race, long history, but I actually preferred nearly twice the price, particularly each way angle with this or Saratoga Gold, who has he's seven to one with the sports book. He's really solid. He's had a spin in a better quality race. Pons alias has come out of that and already acquitted himself with credit twice, including a win. Strong traveller. I think coming back in trip is no negative at all. And I think he'll probably sharpen up for the return as well. Just look at the quality of rivals he faced on his last start of last season. And this would be a, a considerably weaker race, I think. And I think he'll tank through it. So just hope he finds enough at the end. All right. Saratoga goal currently 7-1 to one for the Charlie Hills team. Uh, TC, have you gone on a deep dive into this female amateur race? I have, actually. Surprise. Ah. Uh, I wouldn't put anybody up. Well, Sportsbook are playing four places. Uh, and I do think you'll just... The worst you can do, I think, if you're uh, backing Cahava each way at fours is just do a tiny bit of your money with a fifth of the odds. It just has to run well, doesn't it? But um, yeah. that's it, you know, it could blow out. But the horse I'm, I backed and tipped is... Um, well, I haven't tipped it yet. Um, is shake a leg the outsider of the field at 33 to 1. Now, this horse is is gone down to a really good mark, four pound lower than when um, just beating a length and a half over course and since last August. Um, it's run two times this season, didn't run all that badly behind Gahava last time. Now, you know, he was beating eight lengths, but he was still there pitching two out. Um, and I think this forward goer is massively overpriced at 33 to 1. I imagine. And this is where the deep dive came in. I imagine um, it's 33 to 1 because Elle Patterson rides it. Now, I had a look. I've never heard of her before, which doesn't surprise me. But I've barely bit... heard of Brian Hughes, so it really doesn't surprise <laughs> well, regular listeners. Well, Elle, I, had Harry I, I had a look at uh, Elle Patterson's rides, actually. For, she's only had, This is only her fifth ride, which obviously worries me. But she's still more stylish and strongest in a, in a finish than Hughes. So... Uh, that what does a, the L stand for? Is it Lisa or something? No, L, as in L, <laughs> as in the magazine. Is it L, okay. L magazine? Anyway, 
Um, yeah, so obviously... Knowledge back- PC, back off. Yeah, well, uh, a lot of waiting rooms in my time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, now, I was going to say down the sperm bank, but that would just get cut oh, out. Oh, God. Um, TC. Where was I? Where was I? You put me off. You shouldn't have, shouldn't have come up. Anyway, she's only having a fifth ride. She hasn't, she hasn't had a ride this year. I did go and have a look, and she, she did win on the state one of the stables' horses at first last August. And to be fair, she didn't look that bad. So I'm going to take a risk on shake a leg because there's not a lot of pace in here. And, and like shake your legs, a prominent goer. So All I'm right. a ride. shake a leg, 33 to one. I'm going to go win only because she hasn't had a ride for ages and she just might die in the saddle two furlongs out of exhaustion. Wow. What a start to the podcast from TC when in terms of making a case for a runner match that Kevin Blake. Um, yeah, lady amateur, lady amateur races with fifteen runners, bit of a nightmare for trainers because there isn't a lot of lady amateurs around. Um, it's the same in Ireland. Uh, they brought they brought a few over here, and the, there would be a vast um, gaping chasm in terms of ability between the best and worst of these. And um, Adrian Keatley has been quite smart here. He's brought over Jody Townend, who is um, operating at a fifty seven percent strike rate in Ireland at the minute this season in poppers because <laughs> uh, she's you know obviously part of the. It gets to, gets to sit on a good few of Willie Mullins and they're just winning everything at the minute. But she's 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 a very very good rider. Um, she'd be far better than, than most of these. No disrespect intended, but she'd be one of the better lady amateurs anywhere. And um, yeah, you have a like the form is there in the book. Rock solid. Adrian Keithley can be a small bit streaky, but they're absolutely booming at the minute. And um, this horse is coming forward. Career best needed. Wouldn't be surprised if he produces it. Um, you know, of course, the distance winner two starts back. Yeah, just you'd be you'd be absolutely sick if this one isn't in the frame and um has a great chance of going and winning. And I if I had to bet, um I'd on, on SP, I'd say he'll be going off shorter than, than he currently is trading. Give yeah, a quick shout out, Becky Smith, first ride back. She's had plenty of injuries, so wish her well. PS the uh, resistance, two o'clock. Okay. On to the 2.35 we go, uh, obviously still at York, seven furlong handicap and eligible Dan is back for more at the track that he's done it at before when we last saw him for the Michael and David Easterby team. He's four to one at the top of what is a very open looking market, 13 runners here. Next best is Darkness, just a point bigger at five, he's been so consistent since getting that better ground of late and after that, I mean, there's so, like said, the market is just wide open here, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, eligible, obviously, up a few from when we saw him win here. Can he? It's not just as simple as him doing it again, though, is it? No, he is. He's a horse who's had like a late season or late career, really, sort of a, even a resurgence. I think he's better than ever. There's a link as well. We mentioned about Becky Smith because this is normally Joe Mason's ride, and she's also on the sidelines at the minute with injury. Um, Never heard of him. He'll be coming fast and late as he always does. And he did so when he won at the track on his most recent appearance. He had Fortimore behind him that day. I'm still not 100% that Fortimore's a seven furlong horse, but I think he's a big enough price to risk him a, a, a fast, flat seven on very quick ground that York's likely to have. And I'm with him to get closer and maybe reverse the form. It's not long ago that he was beating a couple of lengths by Aylan Do and, and really good calibre handicappers in like a naught to 102 at the track last season. He's like 11 or 12 pounds lower now. And he's definitely shown signs the last two or three times that he's he's ready to get back to something like that form. And he won't have to get 
right back to it. Squeeze for room late on at York last time, uh, the time before last when Eligible won that race. Tried to go the near side, didn't get a run, finished with a bit more to give. And he's since been unlucky to some extent at Ripon as well, getting going a bit too late. So I thought Fortimo was rounded into form nicely. And I guess we'll be getting, will we be generous enough for four places here in the sports? We've we got four. Thank you. Fortimo currently nine to one. Uh, TC, over to you then. Playing four yeah. places, as you've said. How are you playing this race? Uh, I'm playing it win only because it's got some blowout potential. But Brendan doesn't like Saibin Surreal horses. In fact, he's, I'm sure he said a few weeks back he never backs them. But I, my ears always prick up when they're wearing first time cheap pieces. And I like Wild Lion here and uh, in the initial kind of like um, cheap pieces. Um, the problem here is, I mean, like he, he is a bit of a he is a bit of a monkey, hence probably why they're putting the headgear on. So I'm going to be backing on the exchange, and I'm going to put in an in-running lay around just over even money, um, because like he could get there and dog it, as I suspect he did at Leicester uh, last year. But I think the key to this horse, um, hopefully, in addition to the first-time cheap pieces, where I, you know, I did have a look at the, the, the strike rate inside Binturul with this, and I was a little bit disappointed that he was 24 from 107 since 2016. I thought it would be better than that, but it's clearly it's clearly not bad. Um, and I think he's a, a talented horse, and I think the key to him is catching him fresh. Um, now, we haven't seen him since February, and he only got beaten three lengths here in a messy race in Maidan, but... Uh, the horse is second on his debut. He's won after a four and a half, four hundred and eight day break before. Um, he was coming off the back of a two hundred plus day break when he, I think, he dogged it at Leicester, and he won at Newcastle two starts ago after just a near two month absence. So, I'm um, hopefully the headgear and the freshness and the potential of the horse um, will uh, will make him step forward. And I think he's a he's a decent win only bet at eight to one. Mascot on the doorstep. Remember Real Will, first time cheap pieces. Far there you go. Christ. Well, we've got a nine token here, an eight one token. Are you going to add anything else into the mix to confuse our viewers and listeners even more, Kev? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Love a bit of confusion. Um, <laughs> um, you, 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 you could say we'll be putting, in, putting them into the dark with darkness. I um, yeah, look, look really solid. You know, it's taken, I don't think he he's like outstandingly well handicapped, but look, it's taken him a little while to, to get fully rolling after joining the Omar team from France. And look, he's he's been very solid um the last twice. Um I like the run style for this course and distance. Um draws favorable. Like, he's just gonna run another big race, isn't he? And he might just be able to hold on this time, having got nipped the last twice. Yeah. There is there's three pace rivals against him here, but if he, uh, I suspect Guido will win the battle for the lead, so he might have to be a little bit patient this time. But yeah, All right. sit and sec- sit and seconds fine for me. On we go to the three hundred five at York over the one mile six furlongs, and this is the listed race where Isra is your seven to four favourite. Dan stepping up in trip to this go, this extended to this more stamina test than what we've seen him over latest. And he's taking on Quickthorn at two to one and Roberto Escobar in there at five to two. Those are your top three in the market. And the market kind of has it all around these three horses. And of course, with Quickthorn at York, you go back to the time that he beat Coltrane by 14 lengths. We know that that surely wasn't real. He's not won since. And in Israel, he meets a clearly a horse with clear ability. But is this trip going to bring out the improvement the market clearly expects it's going to bring out? 
Yeah, those Maharas are weird, aren't they? You two are more pedigree-centric than I am. But the thought of quick yeah. horse he was, he just throws a load of middle-distance horses, doesn't he? Yeah. Weird. Oh. Uh, maybe something yeah, to that end. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I meant you and Vanessa, obviously, not Karen. Uh, I mean, out of Tegruda, stellar pedigree. I don't think his progress has been rapid. It's been more gentle than rapid. I just think the angle is that quick thorn will win the battle for the lead. Like Horses like Roberto Escobar, they might make the running normally in outbox. They're not going to lead him. And what a dropping class it is. He's been trying to run the finish out the best day is on the scene. He now finds himself in a listed race where he might be 10 lengths clear on the home turn. I actually thought he got away. I don't know if anybody agrees at York briefly. I thought he'd given them the slip again. And when a horse like that gets collared, you just assume that they'll capitulate, but he didn't actually. He hung around a bit, didn't he? So I was happy to take encouragement from that. I agree that he was flattered the day it all came together, but who's to say he can't do something similar, just bossing inferiors? Are we expecting TC for him to do that from the front again in the way Dan's painted the picture for us there? Yeah, I think I think Yuri Morrison might, might make a late decision on the ground, actually. I mean... Obviously, they'd be watering, and there are some kind of like thunderstorms around, don't they? Because I think the, the the hot spells due to end on uh, Friday night, Saturday morning. Oh. But, mm-hmm. um, I don't think Quick Fawn, if there's no kind of like rain and they don't really overdo it, I'm not sure Morrison will risk him. But if he does and he thinks it's okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, the horse should be favourite, shouldn't he? He's got everything. I mean, Outbox doesn't even lead all the time. Uh, but, um, but you know, he's so out of form. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. It's not gonna pester quick form. It's gonna get an easy lead, and you can just see him making on pissing up there, can you? But you, you, and like, he's he's probably should be. He should be clear fav here. But the ground would would maybe worry you. Okay, so worry about the ground in regards to his participation with quick form. But essentially, the case has been made for the second horse in the market. Are you gonna make it? Three on the panel, Kev. Yes, yes. Yep, quick time. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, would, I wouldn't mind the ground either. Um, like he, he's equipped himself very well and good to firm four. Um, seems to really enjoy York, you know, as well as that kind of slightly freakish win in Blansdale Cup. Like he, he nearly won the E-bar as well. Um, only Sonny Boy and subsequent Group One winner, um, managed to beat him ahead that day. Um, so yeah, look, I thought the comeback run was really good. He might be able to get away from this lot and um, stomp them into submission and stamp his class on the race, Vanessa. Ten lengths will do. Love it. Yeah, just the ten lengths would suit well, wouldn't it? In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the halftime break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important halftime break. Or deposit limits, to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. Um, on to the 340 at York. Uh, this is the handicap over the six furlongs. I haven't missed the race, have I? That's right, isn't it? Nope. Yes. 
Just, just double checking. Uh, six furlongs at York. Catch the paddy for Kevin Ryan, thirteen to two. Uh, Quinnell in here at seven to one. The horse that's risen from a mark of fifty-nine up to eighty-five uh, since he's gone handicapping. He's won four on the bounce. He's looking for a fifth. And then Quintus Arias in there for Kevin Ryan as well at eight to one. On all these horses that are relatively near the top of the market, TC are drawn quite high. Um, it's wide open, as the betting suggests, but how do you see it pay, playing out out the stalls? Um, I've got pace in 4, 7, 10, 11, 20. So. Across the board, then? Yeah, across the board. Um, Betfair Sportsbook are playing six places. Um, and the two that caught my eye were King's Crown and Rousing Encore. Now, King's Crown is. 40 to 1. Um, you can rule out, you can just ignore his run at Beverly on Sunday because he just blew the start and he's a forward goer. So his chance was compromised and he actually didn't run that badly in the circumstances. So it's got a bit of back class for his lowly uh, mark in the low 80s. So 40s each way, six places is a good bet. Um, and the horse I like most, unfortunately, the Sportsbook are ducking him. Uh, at 20s. Uh, there is some 33s in the marketplace, but it's a kind of horse that should be going off 33s when only on an exchange, and that's where I'll be probably looking to get with him. Um, the thing about this horse is, again, he's got loads of good back class, uh, second to sack here in the Mill Reef, fourth in the Rockingham over course and distance. Uh, wasn't that beaten that far in six in the Coventry, and he rated 102 last year. The handicap has dropped him five, uh, five pounds to 97 for three stiff tasks he's had in group and listed company this this year and if you go back and have a look at the commonwealth cuff trial run he shaped really well there uh not beaten far behind cold case and um the horse bradwell um so yes he's down at a mark of 97 like i said he's got course form quick round might be a problem he has got ease in the ground if if they do get a thunderstorm or two yeah and i just thought um the run last time at newbury um just looks like it might be one of those far he plots because this is his first run in the handicap and he's got him down as I think um, far he won this race in 2016 with Mr Lupton and I just I just think like I said he's got some class angle and I think 97 clearly underestimates his best uh, best juvenile form yeah okay if you can get 33s uh, that's the way to play it but I imagine you'll get that on the exchange persuasive right. that Big well, price sources for that's TC. That's why we paid the big bucks, Daniel. Yeah. Um, Dan, going back to the head of the market, where does this Quinault's improvement end? Is this where this ends? Yeah, it might be. You know, just you de- these are choppy waters, aren't they? I mean, the sixth place is great if you think you've got a really solid one, but I'm like Tony. I think I'd rather play it win only because you could back a horse that runs a scream here and finish eighth. I mean, it's, it's yeah. red hot. I'm, I'm a... I've got to give Millstream another chance. They couldn't give him away in the market on his return. I mean, I thought he, uh, I wouldn't be true to myself if I didn't think he was potentially overpriced at nines because I was putting him up at not dissimilar odds to be to be a little big bear the other day. So right. I'm half pot committed with Millstream. I still maintain a very good horse. He gave Noble Style a real scare last season. There is oodles of pace on. That's clear. As Tony said, it's spread right across looking for maybe a second wave horse who'll travel strongly. And I had Pure Angel as my second dart. They're both double figures. Um, Horton's had just one winner since his break. Um, 
but he shaped really well, pure angel. And I think he might come on for it as well. Strong traveller, sitting behind, hopefully show a turn of pace. Um, they'd be my two, but that's four we'd mentioned. Maybe Kev could have another two because it's red hot. Yeah, add two more in, Kev, and then we've got the six places shown up. <laughs> no, just 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 one more, just one for me, just one for me. The winner, incidentally, but um, I'm sure it's not. Um, mm-hmm. Redemption time. Um, Clive Cox, horse I liked in the first half of last season. Um, looked a bit of a slow learner. Was held in very high regard, but just was a bit. Um, Dark Angel line. We've talked about it a few times. Um, just a bit slow to learn. And after he won his maiden, he just disappeared a little bit. But um, last time was a real step back in the right direction. Um, shaped in a way that suggested he might now be ready for six furlongs. I uh, haven't had a go last year and it didn't really work out. Um, he looks like he might be ready for it. Um, he slipped down the weights a little bit. Russell Ryan takes over, um, drawn in the middle part of the track. He'll be hopefully one of those second wave horses that Dan referred to. And yeah, redemption time will do for me 16 to 1 or so. Lovely. Happy days, right? Five darts thrown at the board in that race at York. Let's move off to Sam. We best get one placed, please. <laughs> if we were for a tote, we'd be doing combination tricast, wouldn't we? <laughs> well, yeah, it's Jesus, but we don't. No. Let's move on to Sandan two fifteen, um, and we've got the mile handicap here, and it's two horses at the top of the betting, who are two of the least exposed really runners in it in New Dimension and Badorgan for Charlie Hills. Around the four to one mark, Helm Rock is next at five to one, a more exposed individual. Dutch decoy, same applies to him as well, 13 to two. Um, people hoping here to take a punt down with the with the lesser exposed type and a bit of faith put in Stouty with this new dimension off a break into yeah. second running handicap. Yeah, that that's he's probably I don't know. I find him a fairly hard horse to price up. I'll let him win at that price. I think there's a bit of a waller in here. <laughs> oh. Uh, again, another horse probably just shows what a bad judge I am because I keep backing horses that drift. But uh, I was sweet on Ail and Do twice this season. There was the first race, which primarily piqued my interest, where he was too keen, stuck wide on bad ground, didn't get home. He then got caught wide again from a draw that turned out to be pretty disastrous at York next time. He's now 20s. He's been given a real chance by the handicapper down to 90. He was off 95 at the end of last season. I mean, good form in like strong handicaps. It's a shame this isn't York and the Saturn have will have to be working to get him down to stand down. But I can't have him a 20s chance in a race like this when when he had that strong back end form. My backup plan was Baltimore Boy, who's shaped like he's rounding into form in a race that looks like it will prove very strong form. That one won by Chasing Aphrodite. I think seventh and twelfth have already won, and four of the horses were second on the next start. And wow. runner-up was that was that Yanas freak show of um variants that's built like a chaser. Um <laughs> so having those two against field, but yeah, that, that surprised me when I, I checked prices earlier and I saw that he was 20s. Yeah. Aylan Do, we believe. Aylan Do back down to his last winning mark of 90 off 20 to 1 currently with the sports book. TC. You've got four places, Danny. You playing them each way? Yeah, I actually would, I think. Hmm. What are you playing each way, TC? Um, I'm sulking a bit here because when I saw the sports book went up at 11 to 2 bud again um, on late Thursday afternoon, we're recording this Thursday, 3 o'clock. Um, I just knew it wouldn't last. It's one of those prices think, you know, I'm not going to touch it because just hopefully when my column goes live, whenever 
you know, people aren't betting this far out, but it was cut into fives pretty much immediately. Then it was cut into fours, and I'm just currently tossing up whether to whether to back it and tip it at fours. I think I think he I think he will go off the clear favourite. I mean, I think a mark of 87 really underestimates um, you know, his his new market form last year and his potential. Um, if you go and have a look at his um his run at Haydock uh, last time, I mean the favourite was heavily punted, made all on the rail. This one came uh, widest of all from off the pace, given no chance whatsoever, and it tallied with his his, his, his pre-race drift. Now, as as Dan says, I mean the one he just mentioned, it was just a um, one he mentioned earlier was a massive drifter uh, before before the off. And the last five minutes trading is tells you it does tell you a lot uh, in a lot of cases and. Uh, Bodigan was absolutely friendless. I mean, he went out to 11 to 16s on the fixed odds and it was even bigger on the exchange. And he was ridden accordingly with that run under his belt. But we've got a jockey upgrade. We've got Holly Doyle off, William Buick on. Um, yeah, the only the only potential negative is he's, um, he's 10 or 13. So he could could be some trouble around here. But I think he's got a lot of potential off 87. He, he I'm hoping Buick gets him out and gets him problem because there's not a lot of pace in here. Uh, and his two best runs last year came when he were he went from the front or near the front. Um, so, yeah, Bodegans would be a confident tip. Um, I'm just worried about the price shortening up even further. But if you are looking for a back-to-lay angle, uh, Autumn Festival will get in front from stall one. There's no other rule pace in here, maybe apart from the side bin So if you are looking for a back to late, Autumn Festival would be the one. Okay, so we're all avoiding New Dimension. Uh, I, I spoke can... to Ryan about this and um, this morning, and um, I don't think he sat on it for a while. Um, but obviously, it's, so he, he couldn't give me any insight into into the recent um, well-being of the horse. But uh, and it's okay. clearly it's clearly had his problems. He's only raised four times. As yeah. A... Uh, are you avoiding him too, Kev? Here. No, I like the horse. Um, oh. I like the horse, and you sometimes you have to read between the lines, Vanessa. And look, I I know the the Niarcos family would be quite aggressive, um, in terms of of pulling horses that they don't think are going to be stakes horses. They, they only want stakes horses. And um, this fellow was entered in the, the HIT sales at the back end of last year. They withdrew him. They're back again. Um, and they, they just wouldn't be doing that unless they thought he could progress, you know, 10 plus pounds. So um, mm-hmm. whether it is Saturday or another day, um, he's what I want on side. Um, like he's shaped well a couple of times in handicaps um, by Ulysses, whose who's progeny like progressed very well. Um, so Ryan's on board. I'll take my chance uh, with New Dimension. Oh, a little bit of a read between the lines. We like that. Good insight. Let's move on to the 250 at Sandown. It's the Scurry Stakes over the five furlongs. Uh, great status, 13 to 8 at the top of the market on the full time. We've got plenty of horses on a bit of a roll this Saturday, haven't we? Um, Tajala in there, 11 to 4, unbeaten in two for the Roger Berry in the yard. Padika in there for George Bowie at 3 to 1. Um, I mean, it's bigger prices after that, Dan. We'll kick off with you here. Is it really just about those top three in the market? It seems yeah. like a big difference between those three and the rest of the field. I'll declare my interest or disinterest. I just found this too hard. Maybe the lads have to have a stronger view. You know, you, did, I, you, know, and you actually told me that before. But I, I am I'm anti, anti-youth, as we keep finding out, because anything that's two or three, I don't really want to 
No interest. No, let's give it a swerve. Over to you, TC, for this then. Like a cougar, a betting cougar. Is that what? Old, older women only. <laughs> the, the, the punting cougar. <laughs> Cougar. Nice, nice. That's a great, great name for a horse. <laughs> yeah. you, might, you might have trouble finding a younger, shorter model, Dan. That's your problem. Go on, um, TC. Uh, <laughs> go down the midget divorce and separated club. You might find a few. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I thought this was very tricky as well. I probably won't be having a bet, to be honest with you, but there's been a few nibbles around for Lady Hermana this morning, 25s into, uh, into 10, uh, 25s into 20s even. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, unpenalised. If you back to the form of the Cornwallis fifth, I think she'd have a decent chance. Obviously, Carl Burke's going all right. But her first time cheap piece is, is, I had a look at two runs this season. She has looked a bit awkward and not really travelling into the races. And maybe the cheap piece would make her travel a bit more kindly. But I have got some bad news for people who fancy her. Burke's only 13 from 146 in the last seven years for first time cheap pieces. So that's not betting juicy, but she's 20 to one. And if you're going to have a bet in the race, I would suggest Lady Hermana each way at 20s. But okay, so we have a myself, we have a no bet from Dan. We have a tentative selection from TC. We want a strong view from you, Kev. This is it. This is where you can shine in the scurry states. Um, look, I, 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 a great state. We're just winning under the penalty, to be honest. Um, like he he's he's marching forward, like and he was he was very good the last twice, particularly last time. I know the second came out and let the form down somewhat behind um behind one of Great State's rivals here, Perdika, but it, that, that wasn't her. Um I, I just thought that was quite impressive. Um, you know, has to carry the penalty, but look, even even with the penalty, you know, still well ahead of most of these. Um, you know, Oshin takes the ride. Um, groundless suit, triple suit, track should be perfectly fine. And um, drawn in the right spot. Um, you know, great state. Keep it simple. All right, we'll allow that. You don't you don't have to look like quizzical at that? We'll allow that selection. Keeping it simple. Um, the three twenty at Chester. Just one race to take from Chester, please, guys. Over the seven and a half furlongs. There is the three year old handicap. Um, Man of Eden is seven to two for the Charlton Yard. Uh, Sophia Starlight in there for Grand Tour at four to one. Saxon King, Charlie Hills, Kieran Schumacher five to one, and Taff Reef in there for William Haggis at eleven to two. Yard in great form, of course. Um, TC, we'll start with you here. Um, yeah, tricky one. Seven of the twelve like to go forward. I think Sophia Starlight from two probably win that battle. Um, there's a horse drawing one that has made the running before, but it's not a habitual front runner, it does tend to miss it. But, uh, yeah, I thought Sophia Starlight is the most solid one. The most interesting one is clearly Royal Dubai. Um, one on its debut in Maidan, blew out afterwards, uh, both of those on dirt. And I thought it was really impressive at Chelms- Chelmsford, um, beating it up a fair yardstick. Unfortunately, the handicapper was even more impressed. And I think a, a mark of 90 is probably a little bit punchy. Um, and obviously, stall four is right for a bit of problems. So I thought Royal Dubai was interesting. Won't be having a bet. Uh, they clearly think Taffridge is better than a, a, a rating of 84. And 
this might be an easier race than, than that one's been running in recently, but um, no, the rule no bet race. Yeah, rule Dubai most interested me, but no, but yeah, just just something to bear in mind. This man of Eden has declared a good one tomorrow, yeah. um, and is short, so you know might might not turn up at Chester, and that'll be a that'll be a bit of a R four kicking the kahunis if if you don't side with that one. That yard's flying in it after that really quiet start to the season. It's properly going now. Uh, Kev, do you, bearing that in mind, do you have a selection in this race or are you a bit lukewarm ACA TC? The shocking hard race. Um, forgot no. to tell you that beforehand. Apologies. Ah, okay, <laughs> so it's a, it's a no from Kev. It's just down to you then, Dan. Hey, Come on, Dan. Don't let us Dan. Right. The, the Don't pay- Dan. Come on. I, I want to tip a filly I've never I've never seen run live, and I've just watched a couple of videos, so I'm not starting on a confident footing. But the pace is in 12 with Venetian and 10 with Saxon King. They're going to have a nightmare job trying to get across. I just think Sophia Starlight will lead from two. Yeah, it looks like, oh, there's lots of pace in this race, but what chance to... How much running a Venetian and Saxon King gonna have to do to get across? Loads. She's um she's up in grade. This is the best race she's running, but she's in really good nick. Won twice already this season. Egan's a very good rider around here, isn't he? I know we say about William Haggis and York, John Egan at Chester is very close behind him and Franny Norton in a dead heat for that particular race. So hopefully uh, John can get the fractions right. I was I was tracking the jockeys earlier on because they only put Egan on. They waited until one o'clock to put Egan on. They, that wasn't jocked up, so maybe he was trying to get hold of him or or whatever. But that that was interesting. It, this race is sponsored by Edinburgh Gin, apparently. Yeah, good. And I'm gin. reliably nice, nice reliably informed. There's another racing media personality. He's their is uh, their uh, ambassador. No. Yeah, oh. a, guy, a guy called Ollie McBell, apparently. Oliver! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's surely your dream job, TC. You could be the ideal frontman for a gym firm. Well, what would I have to do? It's oh, just <laughs> be, a pun- be a punchy move. <laughs> to be fair, um, a leading Irish trainer has sponsored gin, hasn't he, for a while? Gardens, is that right? <laughs> ah, very good, right. Before this <laughs> podcast goes any further down the slippery hill we find ourselves on, which we started on actually with TC's opening gambit, really. Uh, let's have... That's let's a vital have... service to the community, I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's have our naps, please. Oh, TC, for that, you can start. Well, on a related theme, I'm going to go rousing encore. Nicely done. Nicely done. Kevin Blake, your nap, please. And uh, we'll keep it simple this week now, Vanessa. Quick torn to jump out, make all. Goodbye, Sarter. Hello, Judge. Lovely. And Daniel, nap, please. Yeah, double simple. I'm not like TC, like the biggest prize, which one I'm back this week and stuff like that. Sometimes I need the, the warm hug of a winner. And a quick thorn should be favourite, and he isn't at the minute. Okay. I feel like this podcast, we've all been a little bit lukewarm on this, on the racing on Saturday, but that's because we're just gearing up. We're just getting in the zone yes. for five days of Royal Ascot. Where we four bits, racing only better. 
viewers and listeners daily podcasts every single day. You'll have them the day before and we'll be going through all the races in detail, tipping off a load of winners. So stay tuned for that. The first one will be recorded on Sunday night slash afternoon. Look forward to that. Loads of content coming your way. In the meantime, enjoy a quiet weekend ahead of the Royal Meeting. Gamble responsibly, have fun, and we will see you for plenty of action next week. <laughs>